0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mindset Teaching Outside the Box. We're your hosts, Jillian Willie
1: and Eileen Edwards.
0: And today we have a special guest. We are welcoming Poonam Sharma onto our episode today. So welcome. Eileen um, is going to give a little introduction and then we're going to hear from Poonam herself.
1: So we're pleased to have uh, spiritual teacher and author Poonam Sharma here with us today. We discussed uh, Poonam's book, Journey Towards the Unknowable, the Infinite and Internal in Episode 7, Melting Away, Limiting Beliefs. Limiting to beliefs is just one thing that Hunum is experienced with and shares her knowledge about. She um, also runs a spiritual and supportive Facebook group that has tens of thousands of people, uh, members there all over the world and has hundreds of hours of content on YouTube. So Punam, could you tell us a bit more about yourself and how you got to this present moment?
2: This present moment of uh, teaching, spirituality, getting into Eckhart's teaching. So um, I think in 2005 I went through a separation a divorce uh, and that led me to seeking like there has to be a way to be joyful no matter what and so I started like almost everybody that is down a spiritual path uh, they try different teachers right the Louise L. Hay the Wayne Dyers of the world and Dr. Deepak Chopra I think i got a book from Dr. Deepak Chopra. I read a couple of his books, but the person somehow that resonated with me was Eckhart Tolle. And uh, I found him just, you know how we channel surf. I was channel surfing. I landed on um, Oprah Winfrey Network, which was brand new in year 2010. They had just started launching certain uh, motivational programs and on something called life class Eckhart was speaking like there was a desk and he was sitting behind the desk and Oprah was on his left and he was trying to guide this uh, waitress uh, I actually didn't even watch the whole program I watched the end of the program where she was asking what her purpose was if she was in Los Angeles and uh The way he answered her question, I don't know, like it completely blew my mind um, because he says, right, do your waitress job, stay in the present moment and do your waitressing job and do it with presence, like put the plate down with presence, greet your customer with presence. And you don't know as you keep doing your present job with presence. You may come across like a CEO or a director or you don't know what the universe will bring to you, but you have to first honor this present moment, so I was blown away and then. One teaching after another, I started looking at his YouTube videos which is most of everybody's. uh, Experience, then I came across a new earth, Uh, the benefit of a new earth was there was a webcast on YouTube on um, where Oprah and Eckhart had talked about a new word, So you could kind of see the, um, the author's point of view, and then you could read the chapter along with the author's point of view, chapter by chapter. So I, I must've gone through a new word like eight, 10 times in that year. And that's how it started.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is really cool. And I'm I'm wondering if you could, for anyone who's not sure who Eckhart Tolle is, could you give a quick like just who he is? Because I know I didn't know either until I met you and Eileen actually um, through the group online. So could you just give a quick like, who is that? And then um, anything else about how how your path kind of unfolded, and a little bit, a little bit more.
2: So, uh, what we would call Eckhart is uh, there is a in the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties. They were a group of uh, world thought leaders. Like one of them is the Dalai Lama, uh, uh, right? So what is called new age teaching? So these teachers are what we would call new age teaching. Um, They are, uh, Louise L. Hay is one of them. Uh, Byron Katie is another one. I think Byron Katie started in 1986. Eckhart started somewhere around 1990. That's when the Power of Now was written. So these were all new age teachers. And uh, I think there's a Watkins list. Of top uh, top 100 spiritual thought leaders of the world. And Eckhart remains like either top one or top two or top three. Like it could be the Dalai Lama, then Eckhart Tolle, then Desmond Tutu, something around that. So he remains like a top five uh, world thought leader on uh, spirituality. So that's who Eckhart is. Um, He teaches more about the present moment or what is presence. That is the fundamental um, knowledge that he gives through his teachings. But the most important thing is, is um, what I see and I have a deep adoration and almost like admiration for Eckhart Tolle is he understands the ego, the human ego. And uh, maybe we can discuss uh, why we get into the ego, but it's uh, the identification of the mind. And he'll show different ways, like there are insidious ways in which we can build an identity. And he has like, he's authoritative over it. So that's what uh, keeps me fascinated with his teachings.
1: And his um, first book that came out, The Power of Now, is, um, the book that actually, um, started my journey and, um, is one that has come recommended to me at this point, probably by 50 different people in different places. Although I've now read it probably three or four times, um, but same teacher, um, different book. Um, but I definitely resonate with um, what you're saying, um, Poonam. And the group that you have, how did you come to, um, how did you get from seeing the YouTube videos and reading the books to um, taking it to the next level of, you know, helping others?
2: So actually, um, we had started subscribing to different YouTube groups uh, um, and then YouTube channels and as well as uh, Facebook groups. So there was one uh, uh, Facebook, cha- um, Facebook group called the, I think it's called Eckhart Tolle Study Group now. Uh, the admin of the group asked uh, Parker and I to come moderate her group. So just moderating the group and how much information I could uh, provide to the uh, Facebook members, and they would have this um, almost like, uh, you know, that emoji, the mind-blowing emoji. I always think of that when I see, I'll write something and they'll have this mind-blowing emoji. So somebody actually uh, didn't... um, Somehow something happened with that admin, she removed us uh, as moderators. Then another person added me to a group, made me the admin of the group, which is the current group that is about 77,000 members, um, made me the admin of the group. And he started with six people. And now it is 70, this is six people in year 2016. So in five years now it's 77,000. So.
1: And it's really an amazing group. Jillian and I are both members there, but um, I've been there for almost two years and um, just wonderfully supportive and um, accepting. Um, And so I know I'm grateful for that. And I'm sure um, the other 75,999 people are
0: too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As I've found, I have not been a member of it for as long as you have Eileen. I think you were the one who showed me or invited me over the summer close to. So for me, it's only been a few months, but it is really enlightening. And I I love what I can see by going in there and learning from other people. And I've been able to share, you know, on some posts myself. So it is a really great group. Um, Punam, would you be able to share what that is? So if anyone wants to go check it out, they can go over and peek.
2: Right now, the group is named um, Eckhart Tolle-Exploring the Infinite Potential of In-Presence. That's the name of the group. And then maybe on the, as we post about this, we can probably give a link to the absolutely. group as well. That's good, absolutely.
1: Yeah, no. Many of the members there have come over and joined our Mindset Teaching Outside the Box group. Fantastic, uh, fantastic. So shared our, a few of our episodes in there because they um, tend to bring up topics in the podcast and YouTube episodes that come up in the group frequently. Um, and so those videos, also videos and podcasts also get shared over there. Um, another question that I had was, um, around meditation because I've, you know, been in that group with you for a while now, but what do you, what would you say is your current meditation practice? We talked about meditation, um, different types of meditation and components of meditation a couple of weeks ago on our, um, episode. Um, but what is your current
2: practice? So I use uh, sound meditation from Sacred Acoustics and I make sure uh, throughout the day, I do a cumulative of two hours of meditation. So it may not be like sit for two hours at a stretch, but I'll do like 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at, uh, around lunchtime, and then I might do the rest of it in the evening. But it is two hours of meditation to just keep myself grounded be in that presence uh, and now, <laughs> even now, because I know that to support the group, to be able to give, it almost as like um, Sean Aker, uh, um, he did like some happiness uh, experiment and he was speaking to Oprah and he says, people don't realize they always say my glass is half empty my glasses have empty, but they don't know that there's a pitcher here that they can refill their glass with. And that pitcher is that stillness practice. So meditation, some form of stillness practice is needed to withdraw.
0: Sorry, I wanted to ask, did you, um, when you started your meditation practice, did you jump right into that two hours or did you slowly over time increase it or how did that look?
2: Um, I used to do 20 minutes a day. I think that's the period that everybody starts. But um, we, because I work in information technology, we do have a highly active mind. And I realized that 20 minutes was not sufficient. And I heard uh, one of my uh, managers, general managers at IBM say, that uh, they do two hours of meditation. So I kind of knew that two hours is what is needed. Even Dr. Evan Alexander, that's what he says, is he comes back home in the evening and he does two hours of uh, sacred acoustics. Uh, his partner is the co-founder of uh, sacred acoustics, Karen Noel. So he, he does two hours of uh, sacred ac- acoustics meditation. So I think two hours is a good mark- marker you can do more than two hours, but two hours is a good marker. Yeah, I personally started with 10, but then I started doing
1: two 10-minute sessions. And then I was like, well, they're helping me so much that now ta- now I meditate three t- times a day. Um, but my last session of the day is longer than 10 minutes. So I usually do two 10, and then um, my last one is anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Just depends. Um, depends on the day, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely get needing that. And I know that a lot of the people that were, um, reaching here with this podcast and YouTube channel is, um, parents, um, and teachers. And one thing that parents and teachers, cause Julie and I are <laughs> both, both of those, um, is that we don't have a lot of time. Um, so for me, that's how I was able to get connected in is because it was initially just 10 minutes in my day, then it was in, then it was okay. It's just going to be two, 10 minutes in my day. Um, but now I've found that um, meditation has mysteriously brought more time to my day. Um, uh, we've talked before about like the idea of vertical time, because the day is just as long, but I fit more in it and need less sleep um, even because of it. So I'm sure you've found the same thing.
0: It is so powerful for me. I haven't experienced finding more time per se, like you have, but I found other things. And I think it just depends on what you need in that period of time that you get what you need. So for me, I've been, excuse me, very focused on raising my vibration. So my meditation um, at this point, my morning meditation is about 30 minutes. And in that time, I'm very focused on raising my vibration to maintain that for the day ahead. Um, And then I do meditate at the end of the day as well, which is another like 30 minutes. Um, So yeah, I think whatever you need, you get out of the time. Right. And it's going to vary for, you know, as you, as you progress through your days. Um, but I totally agree that meditation is such a life changing and necessary part of our day. It just sets you up, you know, for that, for that peaceful time. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that Poonam. That's, that's beautiful to hear. Um, and do you have any, We've talked about presence on some of our other episodes, um, but what are your presence practices that help you stay present or come back to the present moment?
2: Um, the way I feel is, is at a certain stage, and this is where um, Eckhart's teachings help, um, which is we start to slow down our thought process so even in in a day like um if i'm working if i'm doing an email it doesn't mean i'm uh, writing the email real quickly and i'm done there's a pause and i do it with a lot of intention when i'm doing the so each action itself becomes sacred it's not like presence is something that, oh, I brought myself to the present moment now, and now I'm not in the present moment. You're always in in your presence. like Even if you're doing the dishes or you're cleaning the kitchen counter, everything is is done with the presence. And the more presence flows, the more we imbue it with quality. That, That is the basis of the teaching. That is how we Pour in quality. I think in corporate America, and I'm sure in other workplaces, people say you need to get into a flow state, or this is a person we like uh, as an employee because they pay attention to detail or are detailed oriented. What is detailed oriented? Is a person that can be in that flow state of presence and can pour in and focus concentration they can do their work with concentration. So I feel presence is always there. It may be a little bit in the background and in the foreground you're doing, if you're on a call, then you can be on the call, but while others are speaking, you can focus on your breath and rest. It almost is like you're resting in presence in that moment. Mm
1: I feel like for me that um, it's something again that happened over time. Now you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, but I feel like I didn't have a whole lot of presence in the beginning. I had a lot of doing and mind activity and taking me away to the thoughts of the future or the past and not just being, um, but in, Focusing on the present moment. Um, I think you even mentioned once at group meditation. Because we meditate in group on Friday nights. And um, you mentioned once like. Eileen, I think even your speech has slowed down. <laughs> but like yes. Like the thoughts have slowed down. The breath has slowed. The speech has slowed. And it's like you you have this space built in. Um, to allow you to um, respond rather than react. And so the reactivity, when you have presence, the reactivity goes down drastically um, because you actually have the presence to, you know, stop and watch and listen and really listen um, and know what's going on and be able to respond or not respond. but I definitely think that that's something that can take people um, some time.
0: I really like how you brought up that you're always present because we've, we've had some episodes where we've talked about presence, but I don't know that I've ever thought about it that way, that you are always in the moment. It's just whether your mind is in the moment so even though we've talked about it, I think that's just a slightly different way to kind of think about it. And as you were talking, that really resonated with me, that thought of you really can just focus in on every single thing that you're doing. And it's it it's that simple. And I don't mean that in it's always easy it's just the concept of being able to be present in every moment you already are there it's just where is your focused attention at the time so that was a a little bit of a slightly different way to think about it which i'm grateful that you you shared it in that way because that that resonated with me so i hope it'll resonate with some of our viewers as well
2: thank you you so much jillian you know um One of the things that Eckhart says, and since we are talking about parents and teachers being part of this group and this group being focused towards parents and teachers, what Eckhart says is um, that's why a child feels like their mother or father is not paying attention. They're approval seeking. Like even in class, they'll do inattentive things so that they can stand out you know, that's, that's the non-conformist, right? I'm gonna stand out by just acting out so that my teacher will notice me or, my, or they'll act silly so that the students around them can notice them, right? And laugh or call them the class clown or what have you. What is that person doing? They're not getting attention at home. Their parents are in their mind not giving them presents so here, now they're asking for attention. The, the child is asking all that child is doing in their misbehave, we may label it misbehavior. It is not misbehavior. The child planetary intelligence to that soul that is a child is saying, I'm not getting enough love. Come love me, come love me. That's what the child is saying in that moment, in that misbehavior. So if the parent, and that's why that that when you're with your child, what I would say is uh, put away your devices, uh, what Eckhart calls the hive mind, right? The phone, the TV, turn off the TV and be with your child, like be, let your being flow into your child and the connection is completely different when you can be with your child. Like sit, get on the floor and play with your, if you have little children, get on the floor and play with your child. Or if your child is a little bit older, whatever you're doing, just be. Like if you're eating your dinner, just be and experience their being. Even if they are watching TV, you sit back and be with the child. You don't need to watch their TV, right? Like whatever uh, shows that they're watching. So that would be my... Uh, passing on secondhanded information from Eckhart. Passed on. The being is the most important thing that a parent can do for a child. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a really nice reminder. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, I think it can be so easy sometimes, especially when you you know your kids are off and they're playing. It could be easy, especially with having those devices at the ready that you, you know, and I know I've done it before. I say, Oh, look, I got a text. I'm just gonna respond real quick. And then it turns into a 10 minute thing that you're on your phone and then you're like, wait a minute, now it's already time for dinner. I didn't get to spend any time with my kids. So I think that's really important to to just be mindful all the time, but to have that friendly reminder to just be present with your family or whoever. You know your kids you know at home or at school whoever it is just be with them yeah
2: put the phone aside or hide it somewhere else put it in a drawer until your kid is asleep or they've gone to bed for the night right then you can take the phone and respond or if somebody else is taking care of your kid and your kid is not with you then you can uh, mm-hmm.
1: Now, I know that um, I brought up group meditation because we do group meditation on Friday nights, but um, I don't really know how that all came to be. I just joined in it. <laughs> I started coming every Friday night. Um, but I know that we've talked quite a bit about the effects of group meditation um, in our group of people who come, but, um, I was wondering if maybe you could talk about that a little, cause I know that you, um, often will bring up, you know, um, the feeling the energy. And I didn't get that in the beginning. I did have the, I will say I did have the healing effects of group meditation pretty much. I think it was my first night. Um, but now in these last couple of months when I attend, I definitely feel it. Um, And so I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about that.
2: So what Eckhart says, uh, he says, if we have presence, then we can be a log that can, uh, like a log that is lit up and put against another log and we can, light up the other log so group meditation is that way and i noticed that when uh louise gracie lakshmi are there right Eileen mm-hmm. you're there like the people that were the original group meditators right for the past two years I, I can feel in somebody it will happen that once the group meditation ends and people start to talk about um, we the way we format a group meditation is we do group meditation, like meditate, then we watch twenty minutes of Eckhart's talk, and then we discuss during discuss the video that we had just watched. So when we open it up for discussion, somebody or the other will say, "I had an amazing meditation." For that matter, uh, one person, Simon, who is uh, all the way in Melbourne, he said. One week, we were in group meditation and he was on a flight from Melbourne to meditation on his flight. It's that amazing because when we move into that energy field of what uh, Dr. Judith Dispenza says, the quantum field, everybody is moving and connecting each other the form is disappearing and you're connecting back to primordial consciousness when we connect then we are one and we join in that oneness so that's how powerful and that's what um, sometimes I phrase the group meditation as as come be a co-creator of this shared field of of pure presence because the more people that join the more um, peaceful it will be It'll bring peace into the planet the more people that join. So that is always a welcome. We would welcome, like, if people in the hundreds would join and start meditating, then it would bring peace. Absolutely. So that's how important group meditation is.
1: I always think of it as, like, a um, combined... Presence, a combined energy field. We talked in a few episodes back about how um, our heart center has its own like electromagnetic field, um, and I feel like when we get into group meditation, even though our group meditations take place over Zoom, um, you, you're on a totally different side of the country than I am, But I feel like when we're in those sessions. Um, even if I wasn't really in my heart space coming into it, uh, being in that space with 20 people or however many show up that day, um, it has like a huge effect on me. And I know that it has a huge effect on others and it travels thousands of miles and Poonam actually, in one of our meditations, um, I didn't know, but my, Zoe used, my daughter used to attend them with me uh, when she was going through her nights of not sleeping and she would just come stand beside me at meditation. And um, this went on for months, I feel like, and um, suddenly it stopped. And Poonam said to me, how's Zoe doing? Because she had sent her energy, like specific energy because of the issues that she was having. And um, I said, oh gosh, now it makes sense because suddenly it just stopped. <laughs> um, but uh, I just find that meditating in a group is very, very powerful. I'm grateful for it.
0: If someone wanted to join in on that, how would they go about
2: being able to do that? The group meditation? Mm-hmm. We posted an announcement on our group page and uh, you're more than welcome to like, uh, if you want me to post it on your group page, I can do that as well. But it's just a Zoom link and they join through Zoom whether through the phone. They can even call in. The most important thing is the audio portion. The video is really not that important because you want to listen to the music And then you want to be able to hear the video so that you can participate. Because the whole thing is, is, okay, we did the meditation, but some of the video lesson is about the obstacles that arise in raising our vibrational frequency, raising our presence power. So the video helps in breaking that down. So it always is fun to watch the video and then kind of like get an aha moment, another mind blowing, What that emoji, right? That mind blowing emoji. And I feel like every week um,
1: there's multiple people who will say, oh my gosh, that is exactly what I needed to hear today. It's like the universe decides which um, clip is watched or what lesson it is. It's like people would just, you know, report, you know, that's exactly what I needed. Um, and so I know I'm grateful for it. And, um, and people are, you know, obviously welcome. We're there every Friday night. And um, I know I don't make it, but I know Poonam does it every other Sunday afternoon also, because uh, we have a lot of people that are um, on the whole other side of the world. Time differences. <laughs>
2: That's for Europe and Middle East, I think Africa, it makes it easier for people in that region. So I do one alternate Sundays uh, around 7.30 London time.
0: Awesome.
1: Julian, do you have any other questions? I had one more, but I wasn't sure if you had something.
0: Um, I know we're getting, getting to our time here. I was just curious. Um, I had one more question. If, um, you had any resources, if there you've given some with the face, is that, was that your question too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at that. Oh, it's so perfect. Um, so yeah, just, if you've shared the Facebook group, you've shared about the meditation, and, you know, everyone can go look up Eckhart Tolle if they want to. Um, but do you have any other resources that people could use, to search and and learn more
2: learn more about um Eckhart Tolle on what topic are they wanting to learn more
0: any of meditation presence or Eileen. I don't know did you have something specific
2: well I know
1: that um what comes up a lot in our group is either um the idea of limiting beliefs which you obviously know a lot about yourself but limiting beliefs and um even um, the law of attraction and manifestation. These are things that we've talked about on our podcast already, but there are also things that I know that come up in our group. um, the group that has 77,000 people um, comes up a lot. So if there's any other maybe authors or um, resources or recommendations
2: that you might have, I feel, um, so uh, if y'all talk about law of attraction, you have already talked about Abraham Hicks, right? I think Esther Julia
1: might've mentioned her name, and but
2: we haven't
0: dived in like full force. We need to do an episode on that.
1: <laughs> we actually had a member ask us for more information after watching the manifestation episodes. So I think that's something that we'll, I was gonna talk about coming back to anyway.
2: Again, back to the nineteen nineties. I think she is one of the New Age thought leaders that does a very simplistic way of explaining law of attraction. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've learned about uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza from my team in IBM, and uh, Aline has a book from uh, Esther Hicks. I got it from Jillian.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually. I am reading it also. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Law of Attraction? Right now, yeah. Okay. So it's like once we start, and YouTube is a great way to learn, like you can do Abraham Hicks, search for Abraham Hicks. And then what will happen is not only will you get um, anything, any content from Abraham Hicks, you'll get uh, content from other, like um, Sadhguru, or you'll get content from Michael Singer like if you start to look for YouTube videos, I I think what the social media uh, platforms do is they start to profile us, right? Once we start on one certain author, they are going to keep Bob Proctor is another one. Um, Aileen has uh, watched uh, Greg Braden, right? Yes. uh, And Bruce Lipton uh, around the law of attraction. one the one thing that everyone needs to know and this is the crux of um, no matter uh, what teaching it is we need to know that if we did not have a spiritual practice in the past we were always coming from a sense of lack and incompleteness like as soon as a child is born, the child, even a baby, they have what is called karmic accumulation or um, what would be called uh, conditioned patterns. There are certain patterns, and these are energetic patterns. They are not um, something that you can say, "Oh, it's a thought." Even you, even you t- talk about limiting beliefs or beliefs, it's a thought. Thought. Over and over again, but this is not even a limiting belief. It is energetically um, in the karmic body, like at the memory. Um, in the karmic body, like a memory is stored off this conditioned pattern. So, because we we have the conditioned pattern and we have learned, and this is Eckhart's teachings, right? So we have learned from the society that we live in, the family that we were, we grew up in, the generational patterns in our uh, family that existed, we are going to act a certain way. And our job is to learn what are those patterns so that we can undo them. So if you say, oh, I want to consciously manifest uh, next year, I want, a million dollars, right? It's not going to happen. Because energetically, in, internally, we have certain um, pattern within us that is preventing us, if we needed the million dollars, they would, it would have happened this very moment. If we, vibrationally we were a match to a million dollars, it would happen in this very moment, right? So what is it that is preventing me from my million dollars? What is preventing me from my million dollars is I'm not a vibrational match. And the reason why I'm not a vibrational match is because there is a condition pattern. It's generational. It's uh, Eckhart's A New Earth, the first five chapters deal with all the... Um, So what happens is, because I'm coming, let me take two steps back. So if I'm coming from a sense of lack and incompleteness, what Eckhart uh, has a sweet way of saying, after food and shelter, the third thing that humans do is they seek an identity, an identification. And that is the ego, that uh, building an identity, right? Like saying I'm a school teacher or I'm a parent, is an identity. We are not a school teacher, we are not a parent. In our essence, we are just pure positive energy. And that's what all every new age teaching is about, is get to your, what Eckhart says, essential formlessness, get to your energy um, level of energy, and then you can consciously manifest. If, If we get into these patterns or identities, if you keep building one identity and the most insidious thing is, as we pull down one identity, we say, okay, I um, let go of the role of mother. I'm gonna let go of it. That identity came down. There's gonna be another identity that builds up as a victim somehow uh, our human condition pattern is to keep building identities. And that's our job is to keep tearing down the identities so that we can keep raising our vibrational frequency. As uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza says, right? We have to raise matter to a new mind. And the new mind is the mind that is completely, and that's why my book is uh, named Journey Towards the Unknowable. Where we are dwelling in the unknowable, that we are in the unknown. We are no time, no body, no nothing. Then we are at that vibrational frequency where we think of something and we manifest it. There's an uh, episode in Star Trek. I think it's uh, there's a person called Q that does that. Right? He snaps his finger and he manifests. He snaps. That's how we have that power. And that's what I would offer to everyone that each and every one of you has infinite potential. Each and every one of you is unique. Your job is to figure out what is unique in you. Don't be a Jillian. Don't be an Eileen. Don't try to be Poonam, right? You are unique by yourself and figuring out what you're unique about is your purpose in life. Instead of repeating these conditioned patterns of society, find your uniqueness. And the moment you find your uniqueness, you'll manifest the planetary intelligence just uh, automatically it'll come together and come rise up and help you. You don't even have to, that's the law of le- the least effort, right? Uh, I achieve maximal uh, maximal benefit with minimal effort. Once we know that I achieve maximal benefit with minimal effort, I'm not efforting. And that's what Abraham Hicks also says, that's the art of allowing. That's the chapter 10 of the power of now, the meaning of surrender. It's the art of allowing. And the moment we know the art of allowing, We are manifesting.
0: Thank you, thank you you
1: for joining us. She was probably getting (laughs)
0: ready. No, go ahead. I I do that a lot. Question last time, so go ahead.
1: (laughs) No, just thank you for coming on and joining us. I know we talked about your book. Um, probably seven. No, more than seven probably like nine weeks ago now. Um, but I'm glad that we had an opportunity to invite you on and um, chat with us a little bit. Um, always grateful for you. Um, our episode will be um made um available on Wednesday, just like it always is. Um, and it's on um we have it on podcast and it's also on our YouTube channel now. And we also have a Facebook group, Mindset Teaching Outside the Box, which I know you're a member of, Um, but members will be able to kind of talk about the episode there and we'll share um, maybe some more resources there.
2: Awesome. I'm eternally grateful. This was enjoyable. Did y'all have any more questions? Jillian, did you have any more questions? No,
0: I, I think that was it. Um, this was really good. I second what Eileen said. So grateful to have you on with us. And it's, it's
2: been awesome. So thank you. It was an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much. I'm grateful as well. Thank you. Many blessings to everyone. Have a wonderful evening. Good night.